Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. We are so happy you've decided to listen today. This Wednesday night, we heard a powerful message from Brother Tim Hall entitled, When the Leaves Fall. We hope you're encouraged.
come on all across this house. Can we just can we just lift up our hands all across this place? Can we lift up our hands and lift up our voices right now and just begin to magnify the Lord in this place? Come on, can you lift him up in this house? Every voice lifted high in a shout of praise right now unto a faithful God, unto a mighty God. Come on, has he been faithful to you this week? Come on, has he been merciful to you this week? Has he provided for you this week? Come on, would you give him honor in this place right now? Come on, would you give him honor in this place right now? No one greater than you, God. No one greater than you, Jesus. No one greater than you, O oh Lord. We honor you in this place. Honor you in this place. How I many are thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm so thankful to be in the presence of the Lord. Come on, would you just thank him for that for just a moment? Oh, there's no place I'd rather be than in your love and in your presence, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, there's a sweet presence of the Lord in this place already. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. There's no need spoken up here, but I just want to mention a couple things. We do have a, a team uh, from... Uh, North Texas Christian College down at General Conference uh, for the UPCI uh, in Orlando, Florida. Uh, they're representing the college and uh, sharing information. So we want to pray for them that the Lord would give them favor and that the Lord would lead them uh, in that endeavor. We'll pray for the conference as a whole. Uh, this is the biggest conference for uh, United Pentecostal Church International annually. Um, so we want to pray that the Lord would lead all of the uh, directors in every department because a lot a lot happens from this conference that goes out through the rest of the year next year so I want to pray for wisdom for them just for the conference as a whole that the Lord would lead the church amen and then uh, uh, obviously we see the impact of Hurricane Ian uh, we want to pray for everyone uh, impact I'm going to turn your attention to two passages of scripture and then I'll have you be seated I know you've been standing a while John 15 and 5, Jesus is speaking in red letters. He says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. We need to know that he is the vine, and we are the branches. Amen. Isaiah 64 and 6 is my next scripture. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, We are all infected and impure with sin. This is the New Living Translation I'm reading from now. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. And like autumn leaves, we wither and fall. And our sins sweep us away like the wind. By the help of the Lord, I want to teach a little bit, preach a little bit on this thought. When the leaves fall. When the leaves fall. Will you put down your Bibles and one more time, will you lift your hands in the air and let's pray that the Lord would speak to us tonight. Can you help me pray before we get into this. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. God, you've already been moving in this place and we feel you so strongly. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for our time together this week. 
God, I pray, God, that you would allow me, God, as your messenger to articulate your word, God, as you've given it to me. God, let me get out of the way, God, and speak to this great church, God, to these amazing people, God. Let your word, God, be a lamp to our feet, God. Let it be a light to our pathway, God, that when the leaves do fall, God, and we know they will fall, God, that you will be there to pick us up, God, that you'll be there to strengthen us, oh God. God, speak to us, God. Let your word challenge us, oh God. In the name of Jesus, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can have your seat. Thank you for standing and for your worship. I love this time of year. It's, it's beginning the fall season, even though the weather here in North Texas plays tricks on us. We get up in the morning, we're like, man, it's in the 50s. By 3.30, 4 o'clock, it's 90 degrees. <laughs> we kind of have a bipolar weather around here, don't we? It's like, why don't you just settle down and get into fall? I'm from the small town of Joplin, Missouri, and grew up there as a kid. And as a kid, I never really appreciated the colorful leaves on the trees that would show up about this time of year because I just saw them as the indicator that in about a month, I'm going to be the one to have to get the rake and rake up those crazy leaves, put them in bags. We had a Sheaves for Christ fundraiser every year, and uh, our fundraiser would be going around to people in the church's uh, yards and raking up leaves. And, you know, raking up leaves as, as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, as a teenager, just wasn't the funnest activity in all the world. So whenever they would start to turn uh, away from green, I would be, like, wanting to get up to that leaf and say, think green just a little while longer, please. Because I knew once it turned, it's only about a month. And I never really appreciated the, the beautiful splendor of, of the fall leaves up in the Ozarks. Every year, my family and I, we pack the car full of Christmas presents so high I can't see out the rearview mirror, and we head north for the holidays to, to spend with family and friends. As we pull onto Interstate 49 off of I-40, we begin our final 45-minute drive north through what's known as the Boston Mountains. If you go there around this time of year, you will start to see the leaves change color just a little bit here and there. However, if you wait just a little bit longer, just before Thanksgiving, you'll see a portrait of colorful leaves that even Bob Ross couldn't paint. But if you wait till Christmas time, all of the ground is saturated with dead brown leaves. And we're hoping and praying for snow this year. There may even be white snow hanging on the branches and weighing them down. I did a little study about the process of that leaves go through from the budding in spring to the changing of the colors in the fall to the final breaking off of the tree and falling to the ground in winter because it's been a few years since I was in general science class. 
The main function of a leaf is to produce food for the plant by what's known as photosynthesis. Chlorophyll, the substance that gives plants their characteristic green color, absorbs light energy from the sun. And then from that light energy, it is mixed with water from the root system, mixed with carbon dioxide, which in turn produces sugar for the creation of nutrients for the tree and the fruit. All leaves gradually lose chlorophy uh, chlorophyll during the growing season, and this loss accelerates just before fall. Chlorophyll production eventually stops, and the pigment starts to degrade, often revealing the showy reds and the yellows and the orange vibrant colors that were masked by green. When the leaves are dying, that is when they show their true colors. When people are going through trials in their life, that is when they show their true colors. <laughs> right? They show their true colors. Oh, some people are looking at their spouse right now and elbowing them. All seems okay until the pressures of life hit. And they show their true colors. True colors is defined as to reveal what one truly believes, thinks, or wants to act in accordance with one's personality, temperament, or disposition. Someone once said, sooner or later, people will eventually show their true colors, and it's important that you are not colorblind. <laughs> the vessels that carry water to the leaf and sugars to the rest of the plant are closed off, and a layer of cells known as the abscission layer starts to grow between the leaf stalk and the twig holding it. And these cells serve to slowly cut the leaf from the plant without leaving an open wound. It's a slow, agonizing process of death. However, without dropping these leaves, such a tree would be stuck with thousands of unproductive appendages and no way to make food for the next season. When the leaves fall, it's to make room so that the next generation can have a fresh harvest. I don't ever want to be guilty of saying, oh, back in the day, boy, we had some great church. Oh, back in my day, back in my generation, whenever I grew up, man, we had some amazing revival. Boy, you talk about revival. You talk about a harvest. We shined back in the day. I don't ever want to be blamed or found guilty of doing that, but I know that there's a next generation coming that's going to be greater than anything we've ever been a part of. The latter house shall be greater than the former house. And I believe the best is yet to come for Calvary. Amen? Anytime this youth choir sings or the children's choir, these young people are up here, I know our future's bright in Calvary. There's things that have to die away so that the next generation can shine brighter. I'm going somewhere. I'm just setting a foundation. Dropping the leaves gives the plant a fresh start in the spring. And the nutrients from the decaying leaves are recycled to help grow the next leafy generation. It's the breaking down, 
breaking down the leaves to make something that will create nutrients. And how does this happen? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. When I was a boy, I would visit my grandparents' house. Every year I'd go to their house and they, uh, I learned a thing or two about gardening. They had an amazing garden and there's nothing like grabbing a tomato or, or, or grabbing a fruit out of grandma's garden. There's nothing at Walmart that could compare to that. It was amazing. I learned also the process of composting. My grandparents would have what's called a wooden compost bin back by their shed near their garden. It was here that banana peels, apple cores, meat scraps, potato peelings would all be thrown into. In fact, sometimes we would even clean off the remainder of our dinner plates into the compost bin. It became a game. At the end of dinner, I wanted to be the one just to scrape everybody's plate so I could go out and put it in the compost bin. Grandpa would even put grass trimmings and even dead leaves in this compost bin. And then it was one spring where he took me out to the compost bin, and to my amazement, it had completely transformed. What once was just a pile of stinky garbage was now enriched fertilizer. I helped him scoop it up and use it on the garden where he was planting the vegetables And what once was garbage was now used to cultivate and fertilize the next season of harvest. I read a little part of a book in the book, The Dark Side of Leadership. Macintosh and Rima identify what is known as spiritual composting. They say the image of the compost pile articulates clearly the process of shadow integration, speaking to that deeper part of ourselves that understand what cannot be expressed into words. What the process of composting tells me is that there are parts of my personality that are not usable in their present form, but are nevertheless indispensable They are because they provide the raw materials for personal growth. It's spiritual composting. Composting also teaches me that I'm responsible for participating in the process by identifying what is in need of transformation. By putting my refuge in a designated place and then waiting as transformation occurs. We don't like the waiting process But if we wait upon the Lord, he will renew our strength and he will make something greater out of us than we could ever do on our own. Amen. It's spiritual composting. Composting asks me to trust that I will eventually bear witness to only what God can do. You may be here tonight and you may feel that your best days are behind you. You may be saying all is wasted away and I have no purpose. You may be here tonight and feel like you've been dropped as a leaf does in the autumn or that life feels like it's closing in all around you. You may feel like that you're stuck in a box. I've come to let you know here tonight that God can take what is, you feel is dead, 
what you feel is dormant, what you feel is disconnected, and restore you into something you could never create on your own. Come on, spiritual composting is about allowing the Holy Ghost to transform you. When you feel like you've died and get disconnected from the tree, you're broken apart, you feel stuck in a box, just know you're helping the next generation grow. You're helping them flourish. Oh, I don't like it because what about me? What about me? Well, God is wanting to make something out of you that you can never be made out of yourself. Amen. God is maybe wanting you to throw everything into this spiritual compost box that may not belong, that may, may, may feel like it's weighing you down. And as you throw it in there, it may feel like garbage. But God's going to take that and transform it and make something beautiful out of it. It's going to be nutrients for the next generation so that they can grow, so that they can flourish, so that they can shine. Amen. Amen. It's a restoration process. Joel 2.25, the King James Version said, I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. It's a restoration process. And in that restoration process comes transformation. You have to know that if you intend on producing fruit, you've got to be willing to release something so that fresh fruit can grow. When the leaves fall, when the leaves fall, and oh yes, they will fall, know that a season of harvest is coming, but it's going to take a process of waiting, a process of transformation, and a process of restoration. You may have to be tried through the bitter cold, but don't give in to bitterness. You may have to be tried through the wind and through the storms of this life, but stay planted Stay firm in what you believe. You may feel broken. You may feel abandoned. But know that God is using this season to transform you for greatness for the next season of your life. Come on, if you believe that, can you clap your hands unto the Lord? In order to flourish... In the new season, the tree must let go of its decaying leaves. Just as the trees don't stubbornly hold on to their dead leaves, so should we not hold on to unnecessary weight that's in our life. Amen. When we long to enter a new season, the old can easily inhibit the new if we allow it. But God's word reminds us in Ephesians 4, 31, 32, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And if guilt from the past is preventing you from stepping into a new season, we have his promise like this one to remember in Isaiah 43, verse 18. Do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do what? A new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God's doing a new thing. 
and you have to trust him that he's making something new out of you. Amen. So I ask you this question, what are you holding on to that's preventing a freshness to the season ahead? Could it be that the decayed leaves are piling up on your heart and they need to be discarded for good? You need to ask God to shine light on any thought, any circumstance, any habit or decaying leaves you might be clinging to. And as you watch the leaves fall this season, and they will fall even in North Texas, be reminded to let go of anything that would hinder a fresh relationship with God. God, in this season that we're walking into, I don't ever want to hold on to anything that would hinder what you've called me to do. God, I don't ever want to hold on to my past if it's something that's going to hinder a calling on my life in the future. God, I don't want to hold on to resentment, something that's happened in my past, something that a, a family member may have done, something that maybe a church member or a friend or a family member has done in my life. I don't want to anger to creep into my life and hold me back, but I'm going to get rid of that. It's spiritual composting. God, I'm going to drop that as the leaves fall from a branch. I'm going to get rid of it because I know a new season, a new harvest is coming. Oh, come on, church. I know God is using us for this next season. 2023 at Calvary is going to be the greatest year we've ever seen. Do you believe it? But it's going to take the people of God saying, I'm not going to hold on to this any longer. I'm not going to lean on my neighbor any longer, but I'm going to get it for myself. Come on, if you believe it, can you clap your hands to the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The various seasons a leaf goes through is how life is sometimes. There's moments that we feel our strongest, vibrant, full of life. Other moments we feel that we are vulnerable, maybe that we feel frail. And then there are those moments in our life that we feel broken we feel detached. Maybe you feel the wind of adversity blowing on you and you're doing all that you can do just to hang on as that tree is hanging on to those leaves until finally that leaf is detached and blowing into the wind. The gospel is defined as good news. It's also referred to as one of the first four books of the New Testament, the four gospels. And However, we also refer to the gospel as the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we are born again of water and of spirit, we take on his name and we take on his nature. Amen. Which means that sometime in our life, we are cycling through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Sometimes it's just the death and the burial and then back to the death and the burial <laughs> But it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection is what we cycle through in our life and through this journey of God. Sometimes we're in the death. There are times in our life that we feel like that we're in this death process. We, we just feel hurt. We feel pain. We feel denied. We feel abused. We feel forsaken. We feel rejected. We feel like the leaf that is completely changing to a different color and is becoming weak and frail. But David reminds us in Psalm 23 and verse 4 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they do comfort me. We just heard our pastor preach a couple of weeks ago that there is victory in the low place, that even in those times of death that we go through, we know that we are victorious in Christ because his rod and his staff, they comfort us. And then this past Sunday, we know that no matter where we are in our journey, there's goodness and there's mercy following behind us. We're not on this journey by ourselves. But when the leaves fall and we're in the death process, we know that he's right there with us to pick us up again. Philippians 3, 8 through 10 Paul says, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God my faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed, yes, even to his death. Paul was saying to the church in Philippi that he wanted to experience him and the power of his resurrection. When we say, God, I just want to know you more than I've ever known you before. Do you really? Then you're going to know my death. You're going to know some suffering. You're going to know some 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 people dropping you like flies, like leaves off of a tree. You're going to experience death. He had the revelation that if he wanted to experience the resurrection, he also needed to experience the suffering being conformed even to his death. But he also says in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I still live, yet not I, but Christ lives within me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We live in the death. Oh, yes, sometimes we live in the burial. We feel numb to the cares of life. We feel bound and maybe even feel trapped as though everything is caving in around us. We feel like that decaying leaf that's completely frail and useless and dead and dormant. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 through 4, though, reminds us to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. There will be times when you feel like you're in the burial stage of the gospel. But hang on, my friend, because Sunday is coming. There is a resurrection coming. And I want to let you know here today it's only for a season. There will be a resurrection. There will be a time to die. Oh, yes. God wants us to die out to things in our flesh. Why? So that we can be completely clean because there is a day of resurrection coming. Spring has arrived and we're in the resurrection. That tree will produce fresh fruit and then give way to a new season of leaves. Hallelujah. It's the resurrection. The resurrection. John eleven twenty five. 25 
Jesus is on his way to meet Mary and Martha. They said, Lazarus has died. And he meets Martha. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked the question, do you believe this? I want to ask you, Calvary, do you believe this? He is our resurrection. He is our life. No matter how dead and frail, no matter how unbelonging we feel to this world, no matter how outcast we feel, he is our resurrection. He is our life. Amen. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. There is coming in a day where we're going to be literally resurrected with him. Aren't you thankful and excited about that day? Oh, yes, there will be a heaven. There's coming a day where we're going to be literally resurrected with him, where we're going to trade our mourning for dancing, where we're going to trade in our sorrow for joy, where we're going to trade in corruptible for incorruptible. There is coming a day of resurrection where we're going to meet him in the sky. There's going to be no more sadness. There's going to be no more pain. It's in that great getting up morning, Brother Mooney, where we say, fare thee well, fare thee well. <laughs> Revelation 21, Paul is saying, the, the, John the Revelator says, excuse me, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city. Can't you just imagine seeing it? A new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with him, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. There shall be no more sorrow. There shall be no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Oh, whatever I got to let go in this season of my life that I have to let go in order to hear my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, so be it. Whatever I got to drop out of my life and get rid of, so be it. I got to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because in this life that I travel through, the death, burial, and resurrection, I'm going to live for him, with him forevermore, singing holy, 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 and be resurrected forevermore. Aren't you looking forward to that day? So what do we do when the leaves fall? <laughs> what do we do when the cares of life feel like that we're weighing us down? For yes, we are the branches. He is the vine. We are the branches. Isaiah reminds us, Isaiah 61 and verse 3, to point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them, what, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy 
for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called what trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. He's reminding us, you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Oh, that's a time that we don't want to put on another garment to weigh us down. I feel too heavy. Why would I put on another garment? You don't understand. There needs to be something released off of us and put on this garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So I tell you, even in your moment of death and burial, don't lose your praise, church. Don't lose your worship. Come on. You need to keep your dancing shoes on. You need to keep your garment of praise on. We have a sign in our house that says life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about wait, learning how to dance in the rain. It's about learning to go through trials in our life. And when the wind of adversity is blowing us off of trees and it feels like we're leaves falling to the ground, it feels like we're being put in a compost box maybe sometimes, I'm going to keep praising him. I'm going to keep dancing him. I'm going to keep serving him. Come on, it's easy to praise him when you're feeling your strongest. It's easy to praise him when you're feeling you're, like everything's going your way and you're vibrant and full of life. It's easy to praise him when you're full of life. It's not so easy to praise him whenever you feel broken and you feel dropped. It's not so easy to praise him when you feel like all the strength has been just sucked out of you and taken away when you feel stripped of everything that's been safeguarding you through that season of your life. But we can learn a lesson from David. He was always in the death, burial, and resurrection, all 150 chapters of the book of Psalms. He was either being chased down by those he loved, ridiculed, laughed at, threatened. Then there were those times that he ruled and reigned over nations and felt the glory of God like never before. But he wrote in Psalms 34, verse 1, What I will bless the Lord only in this season when I look good and feel good. When I'm green and vibrant and I have a purpose. No, he said, I will bless the Lord even when I've been dropped. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul, my soul shall make boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, brother. Magnify the Lord with me, sister. You're my strength. Let us exalt his name together. He ends his song book of Psalms with Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. When I'm in my lowest point, I'm not going to let that be an excuse for me to sit on my couch at home and say, no, I can't go to church tonight. I can't let them see me like this. They know what I... Praise God in the sanctuary. Go to church. That's where your strength is. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to excessive greatness. And then verse 6, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, I wonder if we can do that just a moment. Come on, no matter what you're going through here tonight, 
Can you let him know that's not going to weigh me down? That's not going to hinder my praise tonight. Come on, church, can you let it rise? Can you let your praise rise? Can you let your dance rise? When the leaves fall, you're going to see me at church. You're going to see me dancing. You're going to see me rejoicing. Come on, that means that everything's going your way. No, it doesn't mean everything's going my way. I go through this thing called life. I know tomorrow morning it's going to hit me hard, but I'm going to get my strength from him tonight. I'm going to praise him. If you want to stay connected with the church and the podcast, do not forget to visit our website at calvaryulist.org. That's calvaryulist.org. Or visit our Facebook and Instagram at calvaryulist. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.